Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When the kids are asleep, that's when dad has time to play. Welcome to the Geeky Dad After Dark. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. We got something a little bit different this week. I did a guest spot on Noah Kingsley's uh, podcast called the Coffee Time Podcast. We uh, talked a lot of great things on the show, a lot of geeky stuff, and you know, fatherhood, being a geek, movies, the state and flux of everything going on in the DC. You know, universe and Marvel universe. It's it's a, it's a fun fun listen if you're into the geek culture, and you know if you're listening to the show, you probably are. So you know, check it out, and uh, when you're done, check out some of uh, Noah's other show episodes on his uh, feed. There, you know, uh, he, he's available everywhere where uh, podcasts are available. Especially on Spotify and Apple Podcast, and uh, you know anywhere that you listen to podcasts, find his show and uh, check it out, the Coffee Time Podcast. So, check out this sample of uh, one of his episodes, and uh, hope you enjoy it. podcast is also brought to you by green regimen guys you have to try their plant-based protein powder it's amazing so i'm not vegan but i'm lactose intolerant and i've tried a bunch of vegan powder it's all gross to me the beef-based kind aren't that much better but this stuff is legit my favorite combination is to add a scoop of their chocolate protein powder to pb fit and a half cup of oats it's like peanut butter cup cereal it's amazing i have it every single day So go to my show notes, click on the link at checkout, put the promo code Noah. Yeah, shocker. It's my name. Put Noah for 10% off. There's free shipping for qualified orders. Do it. You won't regret it. Now let's get to the show. 
Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Coffee Time Podcast with Noah Kinsey. I'm your host, Noah Kinsey, and this is the podcast that humanizes people. So today I have on guest Raphael Moran. So he is a awesome guy, big cinephile like myself. He has three different podcasts. He has the Geeky Dad podcast, the Geeky Dad After Dark podcast, and the Multiverse Kids Show podcast. Super fun to talk about all sorts of movies with him, uh, comic books, a little bit, but mostly comic book related movies. It's a fantastic conversation. But before we get to that, please check out SpartacusCoffee.com. It's my company. I'm so excited. My coffee company is now out in the world. I love this coffee and I'm excited for you to try it. So SpartacusCoffee.com. want to thank my editor, Michael Kinsey. No relation, but he's like a brother to me. I love you, man. Thank you so much for making this sound way better than it would without you. Um, but yeah, I'm going to shut up now and let's get to my conversation with Raphael Moran. All right. Well, thank you so much, Raphael, for being on the show. I'm really excited to have you here today. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited too. So I was just telling you before we started, I've been listening to your Geeky Dad podcast along with the, you know, Geeky Dad After Dark. And I saw that you did a recent episode about the Mummy movies, Brendan Fraser. And those are, that's one of my favorite trilogies. It's just so fun. So I really enjoyed listening to that as well as I also listened to your episode about uh, the they, them um, and sick. So it's very interesting <laughs> to kind of see definitely the, you still have that signature sound, whether it's the Geeky Dad, the OG series, or the After Dark. So it's really, really cool to hear that similar brand and tone and everything, but just, you know, covering different things and one for the kids yeah. and one's for when the kids go to sleep. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. And, you know, um, uh, the, the OG show, it's a show that, you know, you can listen with your kids you know, you go to school, you don't have to be embarrassed to be listening to something that's a little bit, you know, R-rated, you know, mm -hmm. or anything like that. You know, you can listen with the family. And then when the kids are off to, to, to class or school, you can turn on the after dark and uh, continue the conversation there. You know, what made you want to did you just want to talk about more adult movies uh, more and more? I should say more movies for grownups because adult movies sound Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> that might be another spinoff. Exactly. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I I started the podcast originally because I wanted to express my feelings, my opinions on things, and you know, there's only so much I can talk about with you know uh, with kids. the stuff that I'm doing. Yeah, with the kids, uh, they they can't watch most of the stuff that I really watch. You know, yeah. so. That's why I started the other show. And also, I also brought my wife into the show because it was a different perspective because she actually wasn't raised in America. Mm. She doesn't really know a lot about geek culture and, you know, movie franchises in general, you know. So it was like, it was like, you know, getting a different perspective on, on different subjects with the wife on that show, you know. And plus, that sometimes like I have a lot fun. of guests. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's fun. Definitely fun. This is why I do it. It's not like I get paid. 
a lot podcasts right. <laughs> eventually i mean you guys are ranked really strongly on i believe apple so yeah. I, I feel like you guys you guys at least have people are responding to your podcast pretty well i'm hoping i'm hoping you know it, it's it, it, it's not an overnight thing you know it takes what a while to build up uh you know your your listenership and your fans and uh i hopefully i thought we got a little niche so that's that's that helps a little bit you know for sure for sure yeah, yeah. my category is so overly saturated that i get sent the rankings every week and it's like i don't even look at it just because i'm in <laughs> i'm in the social sciences because a lot right. of what i cover it's uh my podcast there the tagline is the podcast that humanizes people so i have a lot of different guests and a lot of different topics that are more historical political to like i don't want to say topical because i feel like what we talk about is pretty evergreen but yeah it's a little bit that feels a little bit more crowded um so right. it's it you don't really have to look at you really shouldn't look at rankings i don't think because i think it's just going to drive you nuts yeah yeah you, you get addicted sometimes too if you're like looking every five minutes you know where you are yeah and there's only so much control you have over it you know right. it's really not something that you i mean i'm a restless perfectionist and very critical myself but with this it's like you kind of have to let it go because at the end of the day you i do not have control over that no no all you got to do is just like put out the best product that mm -hmm. you can do and just have fun with it you know and basically we we do this show to entertain ourselves mm -hmm. me and the kids and the family you Smart. know this this is what we do because you know uh originally we had these same conversations when we weren't recording <laughs> so it was like okay why you know let's just record it instead of like mm -hmm. you know keep it to ourselves you know plus it feels to me it's like a like a time capsule because you know my kids sure they, they grow up they you know kids grow up fast and I can listen to this maybe 10 15 years from now when the kids are probably in college and they didn't want anything to do with me or something like that you know and I can listen to this and I remember we had some fun times you know and you can use it for blackmail material too <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> they bring a boyfriend or girlfriend home it's like listen to this podcast from 2022 and have the kids exactly scream. yeah <laughs> that's funny so have you always yeah. been like a pretty big cinephile always really big into movies yes or? yes always always and um i i always wanted to be you know because uh, i was a writer for many years and <clears throat> i always wanted to be like a screenwriter you know uh i i, I was actually uh i wrote a, a few different graphic novels um for That's a couple awesome. of different yeah a couple of different uh publishers and i'm still writing them now you know um so you know that cinematic quality in the graphic novels is always there you know and i'm always watching everything that comes out from tv shows to movies you know and i, and I uh devour devour everything that i can every time i want you know yeah, and you definitely seem to have some critical, pretty critical thinking criticisms of stuff. <laughs> no, I think that's good because I think, yeah. you know, uh, I'm a cinephile as well. And I used to have a podcast where we watched uh, the movies in the AFI 100 and talked mm -hmm. about if they still held up or if they just didn't deserve that title. 
Um, and conversely, every 10th episode, we'd have a counterpoint where we watch a movie considered one of the worst ever made. We talk about if we think it still deserves that title. Right. And I enjoyed yeah. it because it was, for one, it got me watching movies that I probably would never have seen otherwise. Um, but for two, I learned a lot of history behind the making right. of those movies that I love it so much. And what I like about your podcast is you guys have real conversations about like, especially you, you know, what works, what doesn't. I mean, obviously the kids come at it from like a, you know, fan type of thing where they're right. not really doing yeah. the deep dive, but you bring in those conversations that have really good points and are, are critical in like a fair way. instead of just tearing something down because I feel like a lot of people on YouTube or podcasts, either a movie is yeah. awesome or it sucks. And it's like, right. come yeah. on, like, dive deeper and, why did it and, not work yeah. like come they try on. to put a political agenda around it too oh yeah 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 but you know uh, the, another thing why i i tried to bring the kids in you know kids they are they have un unfiltered opinions on things you know so whatever they think it's actually the truth you know they don't have no agenda mm -hmm. or anything you know it's yeah. it's always true or false <laughs> you know and it's a uh, it's nice to see an innocent point of view on movies, because we 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 get a little cynical, and you know uh, I think you know we hear too many opinions from adults. Let's hear some from 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 kids sometimes, you know. Yeah, I think it's important because some movies yeah. are made shocker for kids. Exactly. And I just had this conversation in a previous podcast where the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the live action one. Right. Personally, I didn't care for it. My Ninja right. Turtles is always going to be the one with the suits created by the Jim Henson right. company right. from the 90s. However, watching it, even though I didn't really care for it whatsoever, and I didn't even like the turtle design, like the noses were kind of nightmarish. Mm -hmm. All I thought yeah. was this isn't for like this wasn't made for me. So I kind of like take this whole like, how dare you ruin a beloved <laughs> franchise is like, no, no, no. This is for the new generation. Like let right, them right. decide if it's good or we're not. Actually, it's just not yeah, we're me. actually going to do an episode on that. Oh, really? Yeah. I had them watch the old movies and we watched some of the new movies and we're going to compare the two and see which one they like. Oh, yeah. have you recorded it yet? Um, not yet, but we, you know, we do a lot of research. We got to watch the movies and sure. stuff like that. What are yeah. your thoughts on that? I'm curious. Well, I mean, classic guy and I, I love the originals you know um i wish that uh you know it's the original movies had a little bit of a, a darker flair to it a little especially bit, the first know? one which i still yeah, think is the yeah. best one and the original comic books that they were based on were yeah much dark. more serious you know and i don't think you'll ever go back to that ever again because you know it's it's a part it's a part of pop culture right now and it's never gonna change. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's a machine and you can't break out of that machine right now. It's always gonna be appealing to the broadest appeal. So, you know. Yeah, and perfect yeah. timing. They're coming out. I just saw today the trailer exactly. for the next one. Yeah. So it's perfect timing for you guys yeah. to go back and watch them. Yeah, we're probably gonna release that around the time that movie comes out. <laughs> that'd be smart that was did yeah. did the kids like could you tell did they like the newer ones better than the older ones yeah they do yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah it's just yeah. bigger action set pieces with all the cgi and all mm -hmm. that's kind of what they're even, conditioned for even the old i try to get them to watch the older cartoons and they they like the newer ones better too yeah <laughs>
I tried to rewatch the first season of Ninja Turtles, the first first season, and the animation is so rough. I mean, yes. I grew up watching it and loving it, but I was shocked when I watched just how bad the animation was. Yeah, well, they had to churn those out like on a weekly basis, you know. So yeah, they cut a lot of corners. But you notice the first three or four episodes were drawn better than the rest of the season. Yeah, those are kind of like that was like the pilot uh, yeah, episodes yeah. to see if they're going to pick it up. But mm-hmm. I mean, it falls in the same fate as, uh, let's see, G.I. Joe and Transformers, where mm-hmm. the cartoon was purposely made to sell toys. Yes. Every episode, they introduce a new character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you could buy those, you know, at, at your right. Toys R Us, which we sadly no longer have, which yeah. still makes me sad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, Toys R Us is making a comeback. They uh, sort of partnered with Macy's now. Yeah, I saw I have yeah. a little kiosk inside of Macy's. Yeah. But there's something special about going into Toys R Us oh, yeah. and there's just yeah. one row of all Batman figures, one row of Lego space, one like just there's right. something magical about Toys R Us. And there's actually one last Toys R Us in uh, in Jersey. Really? Yeah, in, in the Mall of America. It's It's like two floors high. It's pretty big. Yeah. So when I got there the other day, with the kids it was like you know kid in a candy store <laughs> really yeah. they spent the whole day there yeah man i just i i guess we can get nostalgia here because we're old like you have the geeky right. dad obviously you can right. see from the back of me i am a nerd um as yeah. well big into comic books but i just feel like there's something about and maybe you're watching it with your kids something about movies from the 80s and 90s that just had some magic to them yes that we just don't have yes. now Exactly. And, you know, uh, I've shown my kids a lot of movies from the 80s and even my daughter. She's she tells me all the time, you know, the 80s was the best decade. <laughs> she agrees. <laughs> she agrees. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you have E.T., Back to the Future, Princess Bride. I mean, so many classic that still it hold felt up today. Like, you know, it felt like they were making movies to entertain and actually be some kind of art. And now it seems to be manufactured now. Yeah. yeah. There's a big difference in the quality. Yeah. And I also found that that family movies now kind of yeah. talk down to kids yeah. versus back in the 80s and 90s. You could have a family movie that kids would love that didn't treat kids like idiots. Like even right. going back to the Batman animated series and the Spider-Man yeah. animated series from the mm-hmm. 90s, those you can still watch those as an adult. Like they still have the little yeah. kid stuff in there, but for the most part, they're right. they don't talk down to kids. They expect no, kids no. to understand things a lot better than they than nowadays stuff does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything is like dumbed down a little bit, you know. Yeah, and that's too bad. Yeah, because then as an adult, you have to go into these family movies and suffer (laughs) (laughs) once in a while you get like maybe a little good one here and there but you know it's it's hard right now yeah but you're sticking with the classics so that's good yeah Yeah, we did we are we are uh we're doing a whole uh run of uh episodes on classic movies i think we did like uh honey i shrunk the kids recently yep um we're gonna be doing back to the future soon um you know um we might be doing the Goonies, you know. Uh, I, I, I'm very interested in how, am I, how I'm going to explain Back to the Future, you know, with the son and the, and the mother relationship there. That's going to be kind of awkward. 
know? possibly or you can yeah. just kind of like skate past the ickiness right. of that. yeah yeah <laughs> i think they do a good job of keeping it from getting awful um right yeah where you know even they do a spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen a movie that came out in 1985 but like <laughs> when she kisses marty and right then she's like yeah. it's like kissing my brother it's like i feel like that was like the perfect line to make it just not cringe yeah. speaking of which we we finally i got them to see the original star wars for the first wow time. yeah and uh we we saw all three movies and um when they got to the whole luke and leia being brothers part they started freaking out <laughs> Because definitely in the first was... movie, they did not think that was going to be. I I am I call bull BS if right. George Lucas claims he knew they're going to be brothers no all way. along. No way. There's no, no way based no on way. that first movie. Yeah. Ugh. Especially watching it again, you can see like no way did they plan that. No, nope. it looks yeah yeah. yeah. And in fact, I heard originally he wasn't even going to say like Luke, I'm your father. It was going to be like uh, Obi Wan, I killed your. Obi-Wan killed your father or something mm. like that. Yeah. And they change it in post, I think. Yeah, probably for the better. Yeah. You know, that's one of the quotes, the one of the most misquoted movies. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I heard about that. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> um, it's like the whole... Uh, Mandela um, effect. Man- Mandela effect. Yeah, that's what they call it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, where people still think there's a Sinbad movie out there called Kazam. And there never right. was. And right. yeah, like I'm ready for my close up, Mr. DeMille and all those things where they claim. I, don't mm-hmm. I think people just misremember things. It's easy. Like we, we misremember yeah. things all the time. That's it. Yeah. Our memory is kind of a liar, especially our long term memories, because we let emotion affect the photographic aspect of memory where we more remember how we felt than yes. the actuality. Yeah. So I see that you are a, a big uh, comic book fan in the back there. Yeah, yeah. See, I got Spider Man, yeah. Captain America, Batman. Hmm. Oh. Yeah, and so, a Spider-Man. Uh, would you call yourself a Marvel fan or or a DC fan? <sighs> that is such a good question. Uh, mm-hmm. I grew up reading Spider Man and Batman primarily. Um, Ooh, okay. I think that's a really good question. So, I think I now appeal more with marvel um right i think for one their their cinematic world has been pretty great only a couple misses in my opinion but for the most part it's been especially marvel studios let's quantify that i'm not talking like sony or fox but marvel studios the mcu has done such a brilliant job and their newest spider-man's literally the best spider-man they've ever cast in my opinion yes um i agree dc movies i am always rooting for them and, and that's the I, thing isn't it and yeah. it hurts I'm always, I'm always rooting for them and i'm always disappointed <laughs> yeah it's like exactly it's like the speaking of a geeky dad it's like i'm not mad i'm just disappointed where it's yes. like how yes. how do they keep messing up um, and I listened a little to your the one with the announcement with the new James Gunn movies. Yeah. But for me, it was just such an underwhelming announcement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we're this isn't even C squad. This is like D and E list 
stuff was so yeah. specific where I had another podcast with, with a industry person. And I was just saying like, they, their budgets better be a lot smaller. They better be like the Joker it size. It has to the be way, because the way they're cutting the cutting everything now to save money. I'm sure they're trying to do it on a low budget. Well, because but, they're yeah. such deep dives, like, you know, like yeah. you're not going to get the massive audience. I, I feel like, I don't know how you feel about it, but I feel like James Gunn is maybe giving the A-list a rest before right. kind of bring it back other than the Batman. But like, I mean, I just, I don't, they're going to have two different it. Batmans at the same time. Well, three, if you count Keaton coming back for his flash. Yeah. I got to love his, that announcement where he said, yeah, we're, we're going to make it one universe except for these other movies. Those are Elseworld. And it's like, <laughs> bro, you just yeah. contradicted yeah. yourself. Like in mm-hmm. two sentences. Right. He probably doesn't want to upset Matt Reeves. That's the main thing, you know. But why not go with that Batman is what I don't. Why not stick with what's actually working, especially if it's a new. That was a questionable thing, too. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't try to integrate that one into the universe. But maybe that was my biggest surprise. Maybe Matt Reeves doesn't want that. I don't know. I don't know, but when you're also having a Penguin series on HBO Max, it just it yeah. kind of seems like a no brainer. I just yeah, yeah. Unless Gunn is doing the whole well, I didn't come up with it, so therefore it's not canon type of thing. Which right. seeing as how he's writing half of the new slate, I kind of feel like this is a little bit of an ego thing, right. which is a bummer because yeah. I didn't think he was like that. But it definitely course, seems like an I ego mean, play. Yeah, it seems like his Batman is going to be a little older. So maybe that's why he didn't want uh, Patterson as the Batman, I guess, you know, I guess, but we just had an old Batman and with the Snyder verse and that didn't really I know. Out. You know, <laughs> who knows? I, we don't even know who they're going to cast yet. So uh, that's also a big hurdle, you know? Yeah. It just, yeah. I, I was very, like I said, I was very surprised by the announcement and not in a great way. Yeah. Like the authority. Come on. I've read DC comics all my life. What the heck is the authority? I have read authority, but I read authority when it wasn't a part of DC. Oh, it's actually part of another company. Really? Uh, It was an image comic like a wild storm from Jim Lee. He created this, uh, this comic. And basically um, when Jim Lee became editor in chief of, of, of DC, he brought all of, all of the the comics he created into DC. I didn't even know you could do that. But yeah, I mean, he sold the company to them, so I guess he got some money from um, that. Yeah, yeah. See that? Yeah, the the comic book industry is not one I'm very versed in when it comes to companies and acquisitions and all that. So that's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, and um, the authority was a very influential book in the late 90s because it was because of that book um marvel created the ultimate universe you know really yes because it was a more cinematic epic version of you know superheroes and they created the ultimates from that they even brought the same writers and the artists from the authority to to do the ultimate comics what did you think of the ultimate universe? That was an interesting experiment. It was interesting. It was, uh, but I, I, I really didn't like some of the choices they made. 
I feel yeah. like Miles Morales is the only solid thing that came yeah. out of the Ultimate yeah. Universe, everything which is like the only like, thing that survived after Secret yeah. Wars. <laughs> yeah, everything else was just you know thrown away. And um, the, the the good thing about Authority though, it was like um, we had what if Superman and Batman were gay lovers? That's basically the premise. Really? <laughs> yeah, because there's a character that's basically Superman. And a character that's basically Batman, and the big twist of the the story at, towards the end, you find out they were in love, and they even get married within the context of the series as well. Interesting. So you know there was a big uh, you know thing online um, when they announced the movie, and everybody was saying, "Wouldn't it have been cool if they got Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill to play those roles?" And that would have been interesting. <laughs> yeah that's yeah that's interesting yeah yeah i've had uh i've had people who i've had conversations with about the henry cable thing that just don't really understand why he didn't come back but it's right but it's pretty simple economics yeah you know like majority of people out there don't know uh, they don't know who, like, there's a regime change at Warner Brothers. They don't know yeah. that it's a new DC universe. They don't know anything. They're, most people don't know the business side of things. All they're going to see in a trailer is Henry Cavill playing Superman, and they're going to say, oh, well, I didn't like the other Superman movies he was in, so I probably won't like this one. They're not going to be like, right. under new leadership, I bet this is going to be great. Instead, they're, <laughs> you know, they're, they're just going to assume it's another one. That's why this Batman did so well. Like, if it had been Ben Affleck, People right. be like, how much do I like the Snyderverse? And that determines whether or not I'm going to see this Batman. But coming right. in with a new actor, it's fresh, it's a new take, more people are going to check it out. And a lot of people just didn't get that. Plus, James Gunn did not cancel any contract with Henry. Henry did not have a right. contract. It was not a yeah. This is a big, it was just a hype around Black Adam that The Rock manufactured to make it seem right. like he was yes. coming back. It wasn't a real thing. No, no. And we, we we actually did an episode about that too. It was it was it was kind of funny, like because uh, uh, we did the episode on Black Adam the same time that the news came out where Henry Cavell was let go, basically. So it was like we had the kids watch the movie, and after we they had no idea about the Henry Cavell thing. So we, we had them watch the movie, review the movie, and then I surprised them at the end of the episode and told them, guess what? Henry Cavill is not coming back. And they got like surprised and I got their live reaction from that. That was funny for me. Because we got I, to bet, I bet you're like yeah. waiting in the wings to yeah. <laughs> bring that on them. Did your yeah. kids like, I mean, did, did they watch any of the Snyderverse stuff? Did they like any of that? They like kind of heavy for kids. My, my kids actually liked it. Because uh, that's that's the Superman they grew up with, basically. You know, uh, I, I I tried to have them watch the you know Christopher Reeve movies. It's you know it's kind of hard for young kids to get into yeah. those movies. The pacing they, is they so different. Of, yeah, the the pacing is way different than what they used to. But God, they're so good. Yes, they're and so hopefully good. you know we we get like a mix of that with some modern sensibilities with the new one. That's what I'm hoping. You know, fingers crossed, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. I, I start to feel like that person in denial. It's just like, yeah, they promised they 
they wouldn't lie to me ever again. And I know they've promised me 35 times, but the 36th time they're not going to lie. Like it's that whole in denial thing, but I'm here for it. Like I'm going to go see whatever comes out. Cause I'm a comic book nerd. Um, some yeah. stuff now because of the shorter window, I might wait for streaming, but for the most part, I'm going to go to the theater to see the big stuff. Yeah. And the thing is with Marvel, they have the right recipe. You mm-hmm. know, you can go a little bit dark, but still a little bit funny, you know, mix the two together. You know, you don't get something too dark that that puts people off yeah. or too silly that puts people off as well. You know, it's a nice mix. And I think that's what the DC movies need. You know? They do. They're too bleak, you know, especially, they're too hopeless. Especially Superman, you know. Yeah, he's hope. He's literally right. hope. Like, ha, his stuff was so bleak. Right. And I'm hoping, I'm kind of tired of grim and gritty Batman, to be mm-hmm. honest. You know, yeah. I and I hope with the new Batman movie that they have, they can give something a little bit more fun. You know, we haven't had a fun Batman movie. You know, no, it's been a minute. Like, for me, Batman's always going to be Michael Keaton. Those two Batman movies, right. I think, are the gold standards. But even with how dark they got, they're still fun. There's still right. fantastical yeah. elements. Joe Schumacher just yeah. was terrible campy, but like Burton's yeah. was just for me, the right mix. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you, since you're a comic book person as well, how do you feel when they change certain things for the movie? I mean, are you one of those where does it, make you mad or does it depend on what they change do you have like a line if it if it makes sense within the context of the story i can go along with it and uh but if it doesn't if it's just a change just for no reason like didn't even need to be changed sometimes it pisses me off you know uh i don't know if you saw ant-man the recent one i loved that movie so many people hate it. i don't know how you feel but I, I, i hated the second one i love this one I did not like the way they uh, portrayed uh, Modoc. Yeah, is that so? Yeah, that that was a that was a little bit questionable for me. They could have handled that a little bit differently. Um, the same thing with uh, you know, um, Love and Thunder. Ugh. I thought, oh, yeah. What a mess. The, the 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 villain of of that movie in the comic books is a major threat. And he didn't come off as that that major, you know. Not in he such a movie that's so that's silly. It. Yeah. Yeah. He's a yeah. god butcher, but you only killed one god, right? Yeah, I was. Yeah, that movie made me so sad because I love Ragnarok, but uh, that's, sometimes yeah, that's the one time Marvel went too silly and not enough serious. Well, I yeah. feel like it's one of those things where I I kind of sympathize sympathize with studios a little bit because when Taika Waititi saved Thor, let's just, right. Can we agree upon that? that. Like yeah. he saved Thor. Yeah. Um, and it Ragnarok is so fantastic has mm-hmm. seriousness of a sister of, uh, Hela, like, but it has the silliness, the fun, like really brings out Chris Hemsworth, real potential in comedy. And it was just a perfect balance, but it still had studio notes. Right. But then for this one, they kind of let Taika do his own thing without notes, and it was off the rails. So I'm like, yeah. but so it's yeah. it's hard because as a studio, you're like, well, this guy saved something that is a franchise for us. Let's give him more room to do whatever he wants to do. Right. And then this kind of stuff happens. And it's like, 
uh, if only they would have given them the same notes right. <laughs> as they did Ragnarok. Yeah. Maybe you we have a read movie him in that a wasn't a mess. Yeah. And, I, you know, the whole Natalie, Natalie Portman storyline, I thought it went by too fast. That should have mm. been, like, maybe two movies. Agreed. A little bit, you know? Yeah, maybe have it where... Uh, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, maybe have it where Natalie, her cancer was... Uh, suppressed while she was like Lady Thor and then right. maybe in the second movie be like well but this is wearing off instead of it just yeah. being such a yeah. I mean all of it all the anything that was serious in that movie was so just thrown aside for stupid yeah, it was undermined jokes. in the next scene yeah yeah because Chris Hemsworth even as Thor just came across like an idiot and it's like it right. so went yeah. against everything I thought Christian Bale had potential to do great stuff but he was just honestly in the wrong movie Mm-hmm. And that really, really bones me out. He should have been a po- more powerful thing. Maybe a villain for the Avengers. I don't know, but like, right? It just yeah. it, yeah. The the overly silliness really just negated any seriousness. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. Uh, then they saddled Thor with a little kid now, so it's like I don't know how they're gonna approach it in the future now. Yeah, yeah. Someone was saying, well, guess what? That's chris's real daughter real kid i'm like right okay. it is yeah yeah like i but i want to enjoy the movie in its own story i don't exactly. i like behind the scenes stuff but it needs to matter and be great for the story before i can appreciate the behind the scenes aspect and, for and me. i think his son played the younger version of thor also i think i heard that too yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so for me modok I thought it was fine just because for the life of me, I had no clue how they're bringing that into the live action world. And yeah. I loved, I thought how, I, first off, I'm just not, I don't know too much about Modoc. I know of him, but right. not too much. So I thought it was fun to bring that character back and kind of give him his own arc through the whole right. thing. Cause you always wonder what the heck happened to him. You know, every once in a while, mm-hmm. Marvel villains disappear, like red skull disappear. And you're like, well, did they die? Where did they go? So this is kind of a nice right. go back to that. So that I, but I get it though. If you know a lot about Modoc, you're probably like, what the hell? So for me, I'm like, yeah, yeah I guess if they're ever going to bring him live action, this is the only way to do it. But and for me, he looked, a, he looked a little too cute. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that was part of the joke was like, he was thought he was menacing, but right. Kind of like when he's like, I just noticed you have baby legs. It's like, I don't have baby <laughs> legs. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, for me, kind of like where the line is, MCU has changed a lot, but yes. you know, when it was uh they were a little more yeah, they started off very grounded and then they started getting fantastical with every phase. Yeah, but but they also changed a few elements, like the Mandarin uh, right. was yeah. a was a fake actor and kind of in the first one. But for me, Marvel, at least when they've changed stuff, Modoc aside, when they've changed stuff for the movies they aren't betraying the core essence of the character. So it works for me. Like it, you know, you can, and even with the Mandarin, you learned there was a real Mandarin who didn't like this guy playing Mandarin. Like they find ways of earning that. And it's almost like a tapestry where maybe like for me, Avengers two by itself isn't great. But then when you watch it in like, as you're watching the whole series, it's like, it works. It just doesn't operate great standalone. But for me, where I have issues and sadly now I'm shit talking DC again. It has <laughs> to do with like 
they'll completely change who a character is all about. Like, yeah, I remember Man of Steel. I was so angry in the theater because I grew up reading Superman as well. And the death of yeah. Superman was like heart wrenching as a child. Yeah. But I was so livid when Jonathan Kent told his son that he should have let that school bus drown. Yeah, that, that like, was a scene I, I hated. Yeah. I'm just like, and all any everything Jonathan Kent was, it's like, and how I, did Clark get down home values? He's not getting them from his parents. And that's in Superman. That's the reason why when Zod and other Kryptonians come, he, like, and he's not like them. He doesn't have the God complex they have because he was raised by down-to-earth, right. party of the land people with great family values and that's who he is. So having no parents who espouse those values, it's like, what the hell? Like you miss something so crucial to Superman. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you got a little bit of that from, from Martha, but um, yeah, Jonathan Kent, especially when he died, I thought that scene was so silly. Yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. Uh, let's not blow your cover of being yeah. a superhero by saving someone from a tornado. Let me, uh, older man hobble over to the car because that's what he's a young exactly. kid let him like that doesn't make any sense i loved how jonathan died in the original movie he died of a heart attack and that's like so real and you know wasn't it a racing like him racing powers right you can't even save your father and i thought that was a great message i thought oh, you know? oh, yeah yeah that was heartbreak because weren't they like yeah. just messing around and like racing exactly yeah oh yeah, that's so yeah. sad. Yeah. Yeah. It just that I think when it messes with who the character is, that's mm -hmm. when I have like like a major issue. Like when I think when, yeah. The the only movie in the Snyderverse that I really didn't have any issues with was the first Wonder Woman movie. I like I that. thought it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> However, there's so many so many times I looked around to the audience wondering, is no one else noticing it? It's the same movie as the Captain America first Avenger. Yes, it is. Like, and that's one of my favorite movies. So that's oh, it's amazing. It. But it's yeah. like, is no one tracking that they just stole everything? And except yes. instead of World War One, two, it was World War One. Yeah. But it was still like a rogue German general doing his own superhuman I, stuff. Like it's all. Wish yeah, I kind of wish for the Wonder Woman sequel they kept her in World War II. You know? Yeah. Because <laughs> I like that time period, I, you know. Yeah. yeah, how that Wonder Woman 2 was, uh, that was uncomfortable. Bad. That was rough, yeah. <laughs> like, that was super uncomfortable. I'm actually yes. glad with James Gunn that it doesn't look like they're going to have a third. Right, with... yeah. We don't, don't know, know yet, but... I don't know if she's going to come back or are they going to recast, but... Uh... Yeah, it I seems vote up for in the Anna Diarmas as the new Wonder Woman, though. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, that'd be very interesting. I could see that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think this actress was terrible as Wonder Woman. She's a little flat, but I mean, yeah, it is what it is. But like, I thought she was okay. But just yeah, that second one was just. I I don't know. You know, it's <laughs> when movies are that big, I always wonder how certain super problematic, obviously problematic things. I don't know how the studio didn't think that wasn't a problem. You know, she basically raped a guy. Raped and yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, nobody in the making of this, not even the editor didn't look back no. at Patty and be like, we, you really, you want this in the, in the movie? Like, 
right Ugh, if it was the other you... way around you know it would be a big issue 100 percent. it's so true like but there's certain things where you're just like how did nobody stop this nobody thought no. like raised their hand and thought uh we're not we're not finding this awful no i don't know i mean somebody at warner brothers i don't know that this they need some kind of leadership and hopefully james gunn is gonna do that yeah you know? i guess we'll see but yeah to your point like i think of the Snyderverse, that's probably the best one um and i i kind of i kind of have a little fun fondness for aquaman you know it's it's silly you know yeah yeah but that's one of them where like <laughs> so ocean master is the villain in that one right yeah and like you know we've we've known about ocean master for i don't know 50 60 years now i mean he's mm -hmm. been with aquaman as long as aquaman's been a thing right. yeah but that's one of those things where like you it says ocean master in the comics and you're like okay cool he's <laughs> called the ocean master but then when he screams out his own name in a live action movie it's like oh maybe call him something else for the movie i think <laughs> you know that movie knew how silly certain things were and try to accentuate those things on purpose and that's what my feeling was did you notice that aquaman totally put on an outfit that was currently worn by like a decaying corpse yes a dead yes dead corpse yes like and when he came out so... and the music was all triumphant i was like oh did he at least sanitize it first that's so <laughs> nasty just take the trident and also there was an octopus playing drums so oh, that's right. <laughs> so it's all silly, you know. Yeah. And the final fight, I think. Are are you a Parks and Rec fan? Yes. Okay, yeah. so you'll get this paraphrasing. Yeah. I feel like in the final fight scene, James, uh, Lynn, Juan. James, yeah. who was it? Juan? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Juan. Yeah, yeah. James Wan. Uh, I feel like he went to the special effects house and said, "Give me everything." In the final fight, I want every single animal in the sea. Right. And then they're yeah. like, got it. And he's like, I think what you think I mean is I want one of every item, one of every animal. No, I want all of them in there. Because yes. I saw that in IMAX, <laughs> and I still had a hard time keeping track of what was going on in that final fight. Yeah. I mean, that's what I like about that movie. Just like. Just, just over the top. Yeah. 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 And that's why I think they're having a trouble trying to top it in the next one. What do you do after that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I've not heard the the current uh, viewers of that film have not been very kind, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, it's like I said, I'm going to show up. I'm, I will complain. Well, that's one where I might wait for HBO max just because I didn't care for the first one. I'm going to see the second Shazam. I haven't heard great things about it either, but I thought the yeah. first one was all right. It was just big superheroes. Right. Yeah. Even though, you know, that's not how Shazam really is either. No, no. And the thing that bothered me was in the movie big Tom Hanks tries to act like the little boy, but in Shazam, Zachary Levi his character is a completely different character than the kid. Like the kid, exactly. this mopey he's, emo he's kid. And then he's kid. like, gee golly. Yeah. 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 That didn't make sense. No, no, no. no. But I, compared yeah. to the rest, I mean, it's such a low bar for DC at this point <laughs> that it was at least enjoyable the first time. Right. I saw it. Right. I mean, it can't be bad forever. I, I think the tide will turn. Can I just later. say you are right now, the listeners can't hear this. You are wearing a green lantern shirt. Yes. 
I think in hindsight, Ryan Reynolds, Green Lantern is not that bad considering the DC movies we've been through in recent years. Yeah. You know, the, the problem with the Green Lantern movie, I think was the design aspect of it. What do you mean? Everything like uh, uh, the effects look muddy. Hmm. The villain was not that impressive. It looked, it was a cloud, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, they should have probably picked a different villain or something. I don't know. They needed to touch it up a little bit. Yeah, and it was a little by the numbers. I yeah. think that was kind of and the they had era. a good director. You know. Yeah, I think that was kind of the era though of where superhero movies kind of were just paint by number. It's like we right. have the origin story of this is what they're in their the mortal side of them, the regular side of them is dealing with. Oh, superpowers. How do they handle the superpowers and the new villain that also magically coincidentally at the same time get some yeah. sort of powers or upper hand like that? And that was kind of my issue with Black Adam, where you could I know that it had been in development for 10 years, but it kind of felt like the movie was written 10 years ago. Yes, it did. It did from the like a 90s or early 2000s. Yeah. yeah, everything from a fake country to just it's very formulaic to like the big boss fight at the end that looked like. A video game cinematic bad cgi it you know yeah yeah it reminded me of the movie returns it really did i heard you say that i have to okay first off you're not wrong like i'm yeah. just gonna say that first off it does look like a video game thing but i will say back then that was the best cgi money could buy it just oh no back then even back bad. then people were complaining that looked like a, like a playstation thing they should have had the rock from the from the like navel up the yes, real rock and then fake because yeah doing the whole body was just awful practical effects in my opinion i still think practical effects always will look better you know i comp i miss that i miss when I don't mind if movies use CGI to bump things up a little yes. bit, but accentuate I miss, something, yep. you know? Yeah. When you're using it as a crutch, it just is awful. I mean, mm -hmm. like you look mm -hmm. at the original Daredevil with Ben Affleck, where he's bouncing around New York, like, and it just looks so rubbery and <laughs> fake. Yeah. Yeah. He looks like Spider-Man. He does. Yeah. yeah. And that was definitely on purpose by Vox, but like, right. Yeah. It just, CGI, I think, is they need to pump the brakes a little bit with. I get it because it's it faster, can... it's cheaper, you know. Yeah. But things look a little too fake. That's the problem. They, you know, I mean, uh, you look at uh, movies like um, like the uh, Legend. Remember that? that was, the Tom old... Cruise movie. Yeah. I mean, look at the, the effects on, on the devil design. I mean, if that was done in CG, it would look horrible, I think. Yeah. You know? And that's basically how the villain of the end of, of Black Adam looked like. He looked like a giant devil. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And which one looks better? You know? The one from the 80s. Yeah. It, easy. And even when Zack Snyder got extra money to do a Snyder cut that didn't exist until they ordered it, like... <laughs> Uh, how he changed Steppenwolf up to being that gold thing. It looked worse. The CGI looked infinitely worse. I'm like, why did you spend more money to make it look worse? I miss, spikes. <laughs> I miss the practical effects. I grew yeah. up watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer and the, right. the way yeah. they did the vampires 
was amazing versus grim i tried to watch that and the cgi oh, yes. is so crappy that like yeah. i couldn't even watch I, the I show stopped. yeah because of that yeah same same exact thing i could not get into that at all yeah the yeah. minute they started using crappy cgi i'm like ah i'm out <laughs> like <laughs> i'm i'm out of here yeah, I missed I mean, the practical and, stuff. And then Buffy, they had like different type of monsters. They always had great special effects, you know. And I think even even Star Trek has started to do that now. The CGI or practical? I think uh, they 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 kind of do a mix. Mm. They do like practical, but with CGI added elements. And I don't really like that because I don't think they can do it right. No. No, yeah. I miss the old. I haven't. I was a big old Trekkie when I was a kid for next generation and deep space nine. Those were my jams. And yeah. Have you yeah. been checking out like Picard? I saw the first season. I enjoyed it. It was a little jarring though, because yeah. it's a continuation of a story, but the Klingons look different than what I grew up with. So that that's, was really that's hard. Exactly what I'm talking about. Like they, they changed it for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. And honestly, I don't mind. Cause I watched the first, I watched the first two seasons of discovery. I thought the first season was great story-wise. I didn't mm -hmm. second, the second lost me. I, I had no desire to see a third season after that one, but like, I'm okay. If you're rebooting it and changing yeah. up like the Klingon, I felt like the first season, the Klingons, it was a cool new look, but it just have Picard set in a different like multiverse or something where the Klingons right. look like what I grew up with because it makes no sense. Yeah. For that. It's just it was eh, not for me. And and it's supposed to be for me. I grew up with Picard. He was my home. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the thing I don't like about the new Trek is they seem to make the future a little bleak. And mm. Star Trek was not like that. You know, it was always something to look forward to. You know, the future was bright. And now it's like Everybody's corrupt. The the Federation is corrupt. You know, <laughs> nobody. That's the that's the the trendy yeah. flavor thing. And yeah. like this is gonna sound boring as shit for listeners who didn't watch the stuff that we're talking about the original. But Star Trek is basically inner space United Nations or yes. outer space United Nations. Yeah. Like it's basically a bunch of war treaties and peace treaties and like coalition building and trying to have like peace and like gene roddenberry was all about like peace he didn't like right. a lot of the endless wars and the conflicts and things like that and the new star trek is more about like let's fight and blow stuff up and which well, it is what it is but that's it, just it's you, different you can, than what's you the intention kind of blame that on wrath of khan because that was the most popular trek movie and every other trek movie tried to copy that basically yeah. Yeah, so including the second reboot Star Trek movie where literally <laughs> yeah. Khan's in it. Yes. Starring yes, Benny Cumberbuns. That was something that I could not stand at all. When when Spock screams out Khan, I was like, nope. I know it's a fan service moment, but I'm like, nope. Mm. Yeah. I mean, and can you could they at least like cast uh, an actor that looks like Middle Eastern to play Khan? Because Khan is Middle Eastern. <laughs> You don't think British Benny Cumberbuns looks Middle Eastern at no. all? You don't you you think he looks about the whitest person you've ever seen exactly. in your life? Exactly. Like if yeah. you ask AI illustration to draw a white British person and Benny Cumberbuns is what shows up, like, yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. yeah. At least try. I know. You know who would have been good as Khan? Guy from the Mummy. Uh Odad Fair? Yes. Love him. 
I was shocked that I hadn't seen him in too much stuff since the mummy. Cause he was definitely a standout in the first two movies. He was. Yeah. Yeah. But he was missing. I missed him in the third one. A lot of things missing in the third one, but you know, yeah. Like Rachel Vice. <laughs> yeah. Sadly, she just had a baby, so she couldn't make it. I no, thought the third was fun. Like it, yeah, kind of like the third Back to the Future. It's not as good as the first two, but it's still a heck of a lot of fun. Yeah, all those movies are fun. The yeah. only thing I didn't get about the third Mummy movie is why did their son have an American accent? That was strange. Well, maybe she, you got it from the dad, you know. But in the second movie, he has a British accent. And in the third movie, the adult son is played by an Australian who for right. some reason has an American accent. And I'm like, did, and, you know, did the director they, they not don't... see... His parents don't seem to age, but the kids seem to age like <laughs> rapidly. For real, yeah, he he aged very very fast. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I enjoyed it. You know, I I think it was a fun movie. It got squashed in the box office, but I think it came out the weekend maybe after uh, Hellboy Two. Oh, that's right, The Dark Knight. Yeah. Hellboy Two and Dark Knight was around that time, and it just didn't stand a friggin' chance in the theater. No, no. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's talk about doing a fourth one because you know Brendan Fraser is hot again. You know, and he Hollywood. wants to do it. He talks about yeah. it all the time. He had so much yeah. fun. I love him. I'm so glad he's back. I haven't seen the whale yet, but um, I'm looking forward to it. Cause I've, yeah, I, I mean, he's, he's gone through some a rough patch in, in real life, so I mean, he deserves it, I guess. You know, everybody yeah. needs to come back. And he's, yeah. I've never heard anything but good stuff about him in general. So. The fact that he went through what he went through, which not really our place to rehash. So definitely Google it, you listeners, if you want. But it's it's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but I listened to a podcast with him recently. He was on Smartless, and it seems like he's in a good place now and just really loving what he's doing. So it makes me happy because it's one of those like Michael Keaton's another one that I missed him because he's one of my favorites. Yes. And he kind of took like a 10 year sabbatical for a bit or at least didn't do too I mean, much I, stuff I recently, so i'm happy he's back i recently saw birdman and i was like wow this Dude, is like happening amazing. in real life right now with yeah. him <laughs> birdman is incredible yeah that movie yeah. blew me i was so mad that he didn't win the oscar for that instead of eddie rain man yes that, that was robbed he was robbed he was that. robbed because yeah. basically eddie rain redman just played austin powers in a wheelchair yeah i mean that was like a role of the century for him i think yeah he was so raw and so real in that movie and the way that it was directed so it looked like almost one continuous yeah one take i mean they they kind of you know you could tell if you're if you like a cinephile like yourself you can tell where the cuts were but to the average movie goer there it's going to look pretty seamless Mm -hmm. i mean even you can tell just the fact that they put that much effort into it to make it that way is just awesome it was yeah i mean he should at least one uh did he win for directing can't remember i do not believe so he should have been at least nominated though yeah but then didn't he also same director as the revenant so i'm pretty sure he won right. for that yeah which I, I don't think is as good it's not as good as, as birdman i still think it's amazing and i'm glad that leo won for it but yeah um definitely birdman i think is the best sometimes i was just listening to a conversation sometimes they give consolation oscars <laughs> yes. For yes, people who should have won for a better right. thing, but they eventually like get it. Right. I mean, like, I don't think Will Smith should have won for King Richard oh, at all. That. Yeah. Even without the slap, it just overrated for that. Yeah. 
I, I think I'd given that movie a bad review last year, too. So, I mean, it wasn't that great. He should have won for other things, not that. <laughs> yeah. Well, like like uh, Denzel Washington won for Training Day. Look, right. I love Training Day, but it's I, a great it's a great role. But, but I kind of yeah. feel like he that was like an apology for him not winning for the hurricane. Right. I felt like his exactly. performance in that was just. Exactly. I mean, realistically, insane. Denzel should have won three or four times. By now. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's very yeah. fair. Yeah, because he yeah. only won. He won best supporting, I think, for glory. But I think right. he'd never won right. best actor until training day. No, no. And uh, you know, Denzel is one actor you always can depend on to do a good. Yeah, he should have won for fences. Yeah. For Casey Affleck beat him for Manchester by the Sea, which snooze. But like he yeah. should have won for fences because that he was that was movie was incredible. That was that was incredible. Yes, I, I for saw being that. a stage yeah. play. Like most movies that are stage plays aren't are kind of. I mean, of boring, you can tell but, it still had that feeling, but he opened it up a little bit. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was really bummed. Even um, all around, everybody in that movie was wonderful. Yeah, so the fact that he directed it too, I'm like, dude, give him his flowers. He deserves best <laughs> director because everyone was just and at almost the top every of their movie game. that he's directed has been great. Actually, yeah, he's directed a lot of good movies so far. Yeah, and he is the type of actor where it's like, if you remove him from some movies, the movies are terrible. But because exactly. he's in it, he just brings this gravitas that like elevates the material more than it deserves like unstoppable and, yeah yeah and he he hasn't done a movie that was like 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 a sellout movie you know like in my opinion and even the movies that you would count as a sellout movie they're pretty good in my opinion yeah there was one oh ricochet I would say if he's ever done a sellout movie, it would be Ricochet. It was, no, from, he was real, that was really early in his Yeah, career. that was 90s. Yeah. That was a typical yeah. 90s action movie where the logic doesn't totally make sense how they solve it at but, the end. But um John Lithgow was awesome in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> John Lithgow in his peak villain stage before right. Third Rock from the Sun proved just how lovable that man and, is. And, I mean, the villain is so wicked, he gives the hero a, a, a sexual transmitted disease. <laughs> <laughs> Who thinks of that? <laughs> it's like, I know you're evil, but bro, that's evil. <laughs> I know. Oh my God, I forgot about that. That's And he did too. Oh, yeah. that's so fun. And what's so funny and like, it's so typical 90s because it's like, he beats, the, he kills the bad guy at the end. Sorry, spoiler alert right. for someone who hasn't right. seen a movie called Ricochet from the 90s. It's on Hulu. Check it out. Um, he kills the villain at the end, and magically his name is cleared. But it's like right. you still have that sex tape that's out there that without someone verifying that he put him up. Like there's so many loose ends where it's like you still look bad, even if yeah. you like killed this guy. But it's, it's like uh, it was in the, the 90s. Who cares? Is, is forever messed up because of that, too. And that was still some magic of the 90s. Like I rewatched Face Off a while ago and it's like that movie is ridiculous in the best ways, but in the best way in exactly. the best way possible. But you, and you don't see that anymore. 
you right? have to leave your brain at the door before you right. walk in to watch that movie. You just don't see it. You don't see yep. Ang Lee with his doves that he <laughs> loves in that and Mission Impossible 2. For right. some reason, he loves doves and wire work. But yeah. it's like 90s was this peak cheesy, over-the-top action, action that yeah. I am still here for it. And, you know, we don't get that much anymore. No. Maybe in an in occasional Gerard Butler movie. Here and there, <laughs> sure. You know. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But, or the yeah. Dis- destruction of suspension of disbelief, like Fast and Furious movies, which aren't for me, but. No, that's a little that too stuff. much. It doesn't really yeah. catch the 90s flair, you know. But, uh, it, you know, we that used to be the main thing every summer. There was a whole bunch of this crazy action movies. And now it's like, now it's just like another superhero movie every other week. You know? Yeah, it's like the 90s. They exhausted all Michael Crichton and John Grisham novels. And they're like, well, right. we can't go back. We can't turn back. Oh, well, they do. They come back when like uh, the 10th Jurassic Park movie. You know they're going to make more. I was literally just having that conversation they today. They, they claimed the last, the last one, one was a billion the dollars. One. They're going to keep churning those How out. How bad that was, it still made a billion dollars. Universal has a fiscal responsibility to keep churning out guaranteed hits so that they can try other stuff. I get the game. Um, Right. I I don't particularly as a, on the business side of it, I get it and I'm here for it. But on the consumer side of it, I can't stand it because then you see sequels that didn't need a sequel that didn't have a purpose except for it's like, well, the justification for the sequel is because the first made a lot of money. Right. (laughs) It's like, crap, at least make up a fake reason why we have to keep going yeah i mean if they do another jurassic park series they should just go more crazy make the dinosaurs take over everything make it a post-apocalyptic world with dinosaurs and mad max mixed together (laughs) yeah or or at least kind of like a rogue one type of thing at least have a connective tissue between the third jurassic park and the first jurassic world where we discover where the pterodactyls went because they dropped the ball on that Yeah. Like I thought that was such an easy layup. And then they're like, hmm. I guess they just <laughs> flew back to the island. I got yeah. Or they got captured somewhere and taken to another island somewhere. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm all for like re revitalizing old franchises. I don't really have the sacred feel that others do because for one, you mess up a movie, a franchise that I love. Luckily for me, the originals still exist. Yes. You know, like I just do what you want. I might not come for it. Like if you make another back to the future with new people, it's not going to be for me, but that's okay. Like people are so mad that there's talk of a new Scarface that's been in development hell for at least 15 years, but it's, they're like, oh, they're just not making anything original. It's like, you realize the Al Pacino one wasn't the original, It was a remake. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, same thing with the 80s the thing that we all love that movie. That was that was a remake as like Although you don't the, know what you're talking about. The remake about. of the thing, the third one was bad. <laughs> oh, that was terrible. It, the yeah. it was like a prequel, but it was yeah. so bad. And yeah. it relied too heavily on CGI versus exactly. the practical. Yeah. Yeah. The practical the worked great in the second one. Plus my oh, the thing I don't like about prequels in general is I like the mystique of things. I don't need yes. to know how things came to be. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like the minute you do that, it kind of, that kind of 
kills the original for me a little bit. Right. Like the when Michael Bay had the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies and the second one was a prequel of everything leading up to the first one. I'm like, why do I care? Because I know they all die except for the girl with the gun who's at right. the start. Like, yeah, I, I don't want to watch a snuff film like that. And that's what <laughs> it know. is. No, they're going to die. Yeah. So why do I care? Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like you know. Uh, also, uh, the when they they remade uh, the Halloween movies, and you got into how Michael grew up. I didn't want to see that. The no. mystery was him being like crazy. Yeah, you know? yeah. I don't need to know what his childhood was like. I'm assuming not great. I mean, right. I'm just gonna go out a limb. But right. same thing with like Annabelle. Why do I need to meet the doll maker? Who cares? Like it's yeah. a spooky doll. I don't need I don't to want know. to sympathize with the villain. All no, the time. but yeah. all it just waters down. Like yeah. you know, Jaws is one of my favorite movies, and I love it because, especially because Bruce the shark that they named the shark the mechanical shark Bruce, he didn't work most of the time. Yeah. So Steven Spielberg had to create suspense from virtually nothing. And it's yeah. like that made the movie so freaking scary. You look at the water and you're like, God, that's deep. I'm surprised Hollywood hasn't there. included that, you know? <laughs> I mean, they had four sequels. My favorite is Jaws Dude. the Revenge. <laughs> you've, yeah. I'm assuming you've seen this, right? Yes. Michael Michael Caine said he brought he hit, he didn't he didn't really care about the movie, but he bought a nice house from he it. He bought a nice house with it. Yep. And he <laughs> missed uh and I believe he missed the Oscars to film that or some important right. award thing. Yeah. He's like, who cares? But I love that movie because it how do i put this so it wants you to live in a world where a shark i'm assuming in the middle of the night yeah can tiptoe on land (laughs) to the brody's house dig through the trash with his flippers to find the flight itinerary to Uh the bahamas get back in the water and people this is before gps was on phone so somehow this shark knew how to swim all the way to the bahamas at the same rate as a plane so Uh that's the fastest shark in the water ever to get down to the bahamas to exact his revenge on the brody family instead of (laughs) oh i don't know maybe just there could be more than one shark in the ocean right does that how much bad luck does that family have like they go to sea world the shark follows them there too, you know. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like, the mom was the only survivor, right? Because in the right, yeah, in just the revenge, <laughs> it's just so stupid. Like, I just love it because it's so stupid. Like that nobody thought, hey, why isn't can it just be a a non related shark? <laughs> like, right. Exactly. She just but still, that luck. would be a big coincidence. That's that you know, because why is sharks always following them? <laughs> exactly why can't you just do a story with different people you know thank you thank you that's also like with paranormal activity my big beef was they need to be all standalone stories i did not i loved the first one i didn't leave the theater and think i wonder what the woman's sister's family is like right i didn't care have it a separate family like to your point there was a recent um shark movie with blake lively i forgot what it was called uh the shallows yeah that that it could have been a jaws sequel for all we knew you know yeah i thought until the the end not big fan but i thought that movie that was probably one of the most solid shark movies i've seen since the first jaws because it made sense like that shark's going to be around because there's a big whale carcass that's how they should have 
approach the sequels. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was perfectly logical and perfectly yeah. explains, um, explains like why uh, the shark's not leaving her alone. Right, right. And then I think there was a movie where they made the, the sharks have like um, intelligence. Uh, I think it was called Deep Blue Sea or something like that. It had Samuel Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought yeah, that was. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Enough said about that. I'm getting yeah. bummed out. <laughs> well, I could seriously talk to you for hours and hours and hours about yeah. all this stuff. Uh, but we See, might have to say that get together. One. That's what happens. Exactly. Exactly. So tell yeah. people where they can find you. Like this is your time to promote anything and everything. Yes, well, I have the Geeky Dad podcast. It's a show that I do with my kids, and we review TV shows and movies, sometimes new, sometimes old. And uh, we get a perspective from my point of view and from the kids' point of view. And uh, we have another spinoff called The Geeky Dad After Dark, where I review movies with my wife. And, you know, we get different perspectives from each other. And plus, sometimes I interview different creators here and there. And uh, we also have a, a third spinoff. It's called the Multiverse Kids Show. It's the kids and I, and I, I introduce the kids to some old uh, video games and I get their opinions on the video games or an old TV show. Like uh, I'm going to get them to watch a bunch of 80s cartoons and I'm going to get their opinions on them. So, you know, it's it's more like a retro um podcast but from a kid's point of view that's awesome yeah well Raphael, thank you so much for being on the show and by the way anyone listening you can check the show notes and i'll make sure to put everything you want people to know there but thank you so much for being on the show i really had a fun time no thank you it was it was, it was a blast All right, everybody, that was this week's episode of the Coffee Time Podcast with Noah Kinsey. So what did you think? Do you agree, disagree? Were there points I missed? Let me know what you think. In the show notes, there's links to all my social media accounts. Please comment, reply, message. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. And make sure to become a member of my Patreon. It's at www.patreon.com slash Noah Kinsey. There's a lot of exclusive content. It's just a great place with a lot of fun perks and some fantastic discussion. This has been a production of iHeartRadio's Obscure Celebrity Network.